today is week five and the conclusion of the series we've been in titled The Kingdom in Us, based off from Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And in Luke 17, where Jesus was asked by some Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he said, you're not going to find it by careful observation, nor will people say here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Um, where, when Jesus sent his disciples out, he said, preach this, what? The kingdom of God is here. Wherever we go, we carry the kingdom of God. His rule, his reign, his will done in us and through us because his kingdom is in us. Um, and through the series, we've looked at the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom is righteousness, the kingdom is joy, the kingdom is peace. Um, and today we're talking about the kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. So allow me to just quickly give you a, a taste of what we did over the last few weeks. Again, I apologize that the first week did not get recorded. Um, I think it lays a foundation for the rest of this series, so you need to hear it. Um, if you just call the office or email the office, we'll send you my notes. Tell we might actually do a um, just a recording. Might just preach it again to an empty room and um, just so it gets recorded. Um, but the first week we focused on the illustrations used, which, like I said, lays quite a foundation when Jesus was teaching about the kingdom is like. Um, it's hard to understand the kingdom until you understand what it is like. And he said it's not enough for you to just hear the message. You have to apply the message. Like that yeast into the dough, you have to work it into your whole life. Um, and it's extremely important. The second week we focused on the kingdom is righteousness. We talked about what is righteousness, why you want righteousness, and how to walk in righteousness. Righteousness is not a belief or a virtue of the heart alone. It must be seen in our actions. It's always faith and deed, faith and deed. It's always inside and outside. If you think about it, um, that's what happens in a, in a religious uh, spirit is it turns inward. It's all about me. It's all about my righteousness, my holiness, what I need to get from God. And it's not about, you know, loving your brothers, you know, meeting their needs. It's not about the outward. Just like in righteousness, um, the whole word righteousness means right standing uh, before God, right standing with God, and then right standing as God in the world. You can't separate any one of those three, or it's not true righteousness not the righteousness of the kingdom of God. Um, the third week we focused on the kingdom is peace. We talked about peace as a gift. Jesus said, my peace I give you. So it's a gift. Um, peace is an atmosphere. If we're kingdom carriers, we carry the fragrance and the atmosphere. Um, and, and so too, it's like being in your car Okay, since it's cold outside, I'll say it this way. Being in your car, blasting the heater, and rolling down all the windows. It's not going to stay warm in there, right? 
So to maintain that atmosphere, you have to make sure you do certain things. And that's what we talked about um, as far as perpetuating righteousness is being um, peace sowers. So you're sowing peace and you're reaping righteousness. And so it's like circulating in your vehicle. Um, that continued atmosphere of peace. And then we talked about peace as your guard. It's your armor you wear on the inside. And actually, I don't know if it's going to be this Wednesday or maybe next Wednesday, however the Lord leads. Um, but we're going to get into that a little bit deeper. Because I truly believe in that scripture that we used, I believe was First Thessalonians 5, um, where it talked about, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind, that there's things that you have to do. And that's that armor that you put on. It will guard your mind. It will guard your heart. And so a lot of us in the church um, are plagued with this torment. Um, I want to be careful how I say it, roller coaster uh, uh, lifestyle, Christian lifestyle, where it's more emotion-based, it's more feeling-based, it's more um, thought-based than it is um, spirit-based. And of course, if you want to maintain uh, mental health, <laughs> heart health, you got to put that armor on. And so there's these steps that he says, do this, do this, do this. Um, and it's like clink, 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 armor's on, good to go. Um, and we're crying out for the peace, the armor, but we don't want to take steps to put it on. Okay, enough about that. Come on, Wednesday. And then last week we talked about the kingdom of joy. Joy is the outward manifestation of hope. Hope is, remember, the anticipation that something really good is about to happen. Joy is your body responding to that anticipation. <laughs> and then we talked about the difference between joy and rejoice and rejoicing. How it's like, reset, do that again, reset, do that again, and continue to re do that again, rejoicing. It's the continual motion. Joy is not something that just happens on occasion in heaven. It is heaven. And it's supposed to be in you. Joy is extremely important to the health of our body. We looked at some medical facts last week. And it's not by accident that God uses our physical body as a physical um, illustration of the spiritual body of the church. So as important as joy is to your physical body, and we listed all these medical, you know, benefits to having joy in your life, same thing with the church. If one person is living in complete joy, oh, that's good, right? You see somebody that's just, you know, joyful all the time, that's good. But when you see a whole body of believers overflowing with joy, now you're experiencing the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is. So today we're going to focus on the kingdom is in the Holy Spirit. And boy, that just what we had take place during worship, it, it was the same thing that took place in pre-service 
prayer, it was just a continuation of what God's about ready to do, God's about ready to do, God's about ready to do. So I want to um, challenge you right now to be very diligent in your attention. That you don't come in and out of the service, that you don't get distracted by people around you or the temperature in the room or you know, too hot or too cold. Be very careful to stay attentive. Um, during these next few minutes, the rest of the message, and every week when you come in here. Um, that this is a place where, you know, and it's not only in here, okay, I don't want you to do that. Um, but this is like the place where God wants to meet. And so when we come in half-hearted and pay attention, kind of, and God, if you want me, you'll just blast me out of my seat. Let me tell you something, you don't want that to happen. Uh, no, you don't want that to happen. Um, but when we come in expecting, leaning into, ears open, undistracted, now he says, I see that hunger and I'll meet that hunger. But if we've filled up so much on the things of the world or on our own desire, um, we're not hungry. Um, be very careful, and at the end of this message, I'll just tell you now, I'm going to try to get through this just as fast as I can, get the word in you, get you to a place where your heart's hearing, your ears are hearing, and then we're going to pull you all right up to the front again, because I really believe we're going to experience, again, if we come hungry, we come open, we come willing, and we come expecting that the Holy Spirit's going to fill you more than ever experienced before. So, but... It, it, you, he's already here, he's already calling, he's already beckoning you in. But you have to come open, willing, expect, okay? So we're going to do that at the end. I want you to be ready. Galatians 5, talking about the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. Um, Galatians 5, just a couple verses, starting at verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, which is just a big word for saying no restraint. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, faction, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And let me just pause for a second right there. Twice he said that about the law, right? You know why? What's the first fruit of the Holy Spirit? Love. What fills 
fulfills the whole law. Love. So you don't have to worry about walking according to the law. If you're walking according to the Spirit, He is love and He fulfills the law. It doesn't say we abolish the law. It fulfills the law. Remember, it's by the Holy Spirit that grace is given. And grace is given what? For the divine power to live a godly life, to say no to world things. So it's not an about, see, you don't have to live according to the law. No, it, it happens. I hate to say automatically, but okay. Anyway, on pause, hit play again. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. So two things. The kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. He talked about life by the Spirit. He talked about living, living by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, and keeping in step with the Spirit. So you cannot have the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy apart from the Holy Spirit. You can't, because it's in the Holy Spirit. It's like filling up, I'll use the car again, it's like filling up a car full of groceries and then saying, hey, I bought you groceries. Oh, that's nice. Oh, but they're in the car. You have to get in the car to have the groceries. I mean, are you going to walk away? Well, I'm glad you bought me groceries. I'm feeling quite satisfied. No. You have to get in the car, get in the groceries. All right. Paul lays out a clear distinction. Distinction. Distinct here. Not coming off my tongue. Paul lays out a clear distinction between living according to the flesh and living according to the spirit. And let me make that very clear. And that's where this blurry, powerless Christian lifestyle that's uh, so boring, blah, 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 because you've grayed the line so much. You're trying to intermix the world with God and somehow think that putting them together that I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what, how to explain that. It doesn't work. It's lived, they constantly live in opposition. So if you try to take things from your old life or things from the world and merge them with God, it, there's no, no dark. I mean, I think that was one of the prophecies. That was just scripture. If you don't know that, what they were saying up here was just scripture. Did you hear that? Just, I, I mean, if I had a, which God is renewing my mind, I would have liked to have been able to tell you the reference to every one of those prophecies. Like, oh, yep, Romans 8.31. Oh, yep, Romans, you know, yep, 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 yep. He's the word. What do you think he's going to say? If he says anything contrary to the word, it's not the spirit. Anyway, when you try to, there is no darkness at all in him. So when you try to take things from the world or from your old life, I mean, really clear, 
Let me just make this very clear. You've heard me say this all the time. When you come to Jesus and you, you're supposed to surrender all, here I am, everything, everything I, I am, everything I've been, everything I will be, it's all yours laid out for you. He lays out this bloodline that comes from the cross, everything covered, everything under the blood, and then he, by the Holy Spirit, raises you up a new man. And then where do you think he moves you? Toward him. Where does that old man live? Under the blood and dead, gone. That all things new now, all things old are dead and gone. So you're always moving away from that old man, the old way of doing things, that, those things that you used to do. I was an alcoholic before I came back to the Lord. I was a druggy big time. I was uh, living in debauchery. Let's just put it that way, okay? Anything, whatever. When I gave up, surrendered all to God, that old person died. And everything I used to do, the drinking, the snorting, the drugs, the, you know, what, all that stuff was dead and buried. He's heading me always, all the time, toward him, closer toward him, closer toward him, right? And I'm now representing him, kingdom, on earth as it is in heaven, as him. So my entire life is uh, declaring his wonders. You know, when I walked down the street of my old town, I had people coming out to me, what's different about you? Let me tell you, this is a new person. That old person's dead. When I got stopped into Walmart and this guy staring at me, weird, anyway, he sneaks up to me and says, I know who you are. And I said, I'm so sorry, but you know who I used to be. That's not who stands here today anymore. But now listen, if you go through that, bloodlines laid in my life. I'm now a new person. What do we call that again? Born again, right? You have a new birthday. Actually, yeah, you should be celebrating. Come on. Oh, I like that. Now, if you go back to that grave and you pick up anything that you used to enjoy as that old man, you're already in the wrong. You can't pick something up from the grave. For me, and see, I won't tell you what it is for you. I'll tell you what it was for me. Um, I had people crucifying me constantly when I took a hard stand and still do against any kind of drink, any. I'm not okay with it. Why? Because for me, that was my old life. So don't tell me it's okay to pull something up from the grave and bring it in front of God. Because remember, righteousness in the kingdom is we stand before God, with God, and as God. And if I can't stand before God, with God, and as God, holding on to any one of those things, then I'm doing wrong. And for me, it's not okay to stand before God and, and crack open a beer or a, you know, mine was hard whiskey because I was quite the alcoholic, you know, or anything like that. Um, uh, the things I used to watch, things I used to think of, the things I used to do, none of that is okay. Before God, with God, or as God. And if I can't see God or Jesus doing this now in this world, why would I think I want to do that? And so when we try to merge this um, life of our flesh 
with the life of the spirit because we want the life of our flesh to get everything it wants. And then, of course, we want everything that the spirit offers, right? Because does anybody sitting here today want to go to hell? Okay, good. We've a good establishment there. Okay, that's good. So we want everything the spirit offers us. But we also, well, we kind of want everything that our flesh wants. It, it can't. It's Paul's saying it contradicts each other. And sometimes it's us choosing not just one time. It's a continual action. That's what he's saying. Being living by, being led by, and keeping in step by or with the Holy Spirit. And it's funny because um, this didn't hit me till I was in uh, my office. I always, kind of weird, I always anoint myself um, before I come out here. I spend time with God even, I know I do in pre-service prayer, but in there when it's just me, and I always anoint my right ear, I right thumb, and I put my right toe. Well, back in Levitical priests, that's what they would do when they would commission. And I'm just, you know, I saw it, and I'm like, yeah, that kind of sounds good. While I was doing that, the Holy Spirit says, you know why you do that? Read it in the Bible. Good. Like the smell of the oil. I know that oil is representing the Holy Spirit. It says, because I want to keep your ear to me. I want to keep your hand in my hand. And I want to keep walking step with me. And I want, oh, that's good. How long have I been doing that? Never understood it, you know? I'm like, that's good, God. I like that. But it has, there has to be, and I want to challenge you today, if you've been living this merged life, you're being lied. You're being robbed, too, because there's a whole lot more for you. And if the enemy can keep you attached to or keep you digging up stuff from that grave, you will not live the fulfilled life that God has for you. Romans 8, 9, and 10, oh, and 11. Listen to this. It says, you, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if. Let me point out, in these three verses, if is used four different times. If. Which implies a choice, right? It's your choice. The if means it's your choice. So let me read that again. You, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. If, 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 choice, your choice. When we truly submit to the Holy Spirit in us to direct us, speak 
through us, teach us, use us. This is living by, being led by, and keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. But it's a consistent choice, (laughs) continual choice to keep in step with. Have you ever walked behind somebody and, and got right close up behind them and walked? Have you ever done that? I used to love doing that. I'd freak people out because I was so good at it. You know, walk in the hallways or whatever, I'd come right up behind somebody. And I mean, like, right there. I like that. Just funny. Anyway. But that's what he's talking about, that you're taking, you are so close. He's so in you. You're so in him that you're walking as, there it is again, as him. Keeping in step with him. Why would you die to self, crucify the old man, be raised to new life in Christ, and then go and live your life on your own terms and think that that's going to be okay. That's why he says, if, if, if. And the second part of those few verses that we read in Galatians 5, notice it said the Holy Spirit's fruit. The Holy Spirit's fruit is love, joy, peace, blah, 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 right? All those things. Well, what do we try to do when we become a Christian? We hear the, the old bun ladies, you know, remember them? The long, 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 you know, saying, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to be more patient. You need to be more kind. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. Well, I'm about ready to say something that's going to, Break off shackles of religious spirits of some of you because you constantly are beating yourself up because you're not always loving, you're not always kind, and I'm so patient and, you know, all this other stuff because you're trying, 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 and then, you know, you get in a situation, you're biting your lip, blood's dripping down your cheek, and you're like, I'm just trying to have the fruit of the Spirit. And that's just not it. If it was up to how you could control it and how you could produce it, it would be listed here as your fruit are righteousness, peace, joy, love. It says the Holy Spirit fruits are. But then it goes hand in hand with that Romans 8, if the Holy Spirit is in you. <laughs> If you continue to live in, if you continue to be led by, if you continue to keep in step with. Let me show you something else. I know you're all looking at me like, hmm. Um, remember last week we talked about John 15 where Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me. Let my word abide in you. Because apart from me, you know, then you'll bear much fruit. Because, oh, that sounds like something today too, doesn't it? Because apart from me, you can do nothing. But I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As a branch cannot produce fruit unless it remains connected to the vine, has that life-flowing power going through it from the vine to the branch. So it is with us. It's not the job of the branch to produce the fruit. We can't uh, uh, patience. 
ridiculous. You don't go out there and, you know, hear the, you know, branch of a tree, you know, straining to produce an apple. What's its job? Remain. Remain connected. Why? It's the job of the life flowing from the vine to the branches that produces its fruit. The Holy Spirit, the rest of that, the end of that scripture that we read in Galatians, no, sorry, in Romans, uh, that he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through the Spirit who lives in you. It's the Holy Spirit that pulls from heaven. We stay connected. We stay abiding in the vine. And he pulls that life and it pushes through us. So we don't have to do do anything but stay living in him, led by him, and in step with him. And that fruit is produced. Why? Because it's his fruit. It's the evidence that he exists in you. Did you know as Christians we're supposed to be fruit examiners? Fruit inspectors? Said you'll know a fruit or you'll know a tree by its fruit? Right? Well, why don't we start inspecting this? Start inspecting your own, you know. If I'm not patient, if I'm not kind, if I'm not long-suffering, then there's something with my branch not staying connected to the vine. I have either pruned myself to a place where I'm back over here doing what I want to do, satisfying all this, that I'm not connected any longer. Remember, it lives in, in a contradiction to one. You can't have this and this. The Holy Spirit fruit flows. The Holy Spirit is the life power that flows from the vine to the branches that produces his fruit through you. All right, so that's what we're going to focus on today. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus gives his disciples the command, wait, <laughs> wait, for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, wait. Then he said, and when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power to be my witnesses. Now, are you sure you heard that? Because a lot of people want the power to be, but then they kind of cut off that last word there. And just so I'm a better Christian, so I can feel him more, so I can have this, so I can, no, he says, I want to fill you to go and do, to be my witnesses. Again, like I said earlier, if it's all about you receiving so you can have, so it's you, 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 you. It's a selfish Christianity that is just nowhere to be found in the Bible. Everything he, he's about, God so loved the world that he gave. I mean, right from the beginning, he had laid out a plan to make an atonement for everyone to have a, you know, it, it's not about us to get, and that's all. It's always about us to get to get. Somebody else said that pre-service prayer. You're laughing at me. It was Crystal, right? 
You get to give. All about that. It's always about that. Always. I don't have time to read to you Acts chapter 2, but I really believe we're going to experience in Acts chapter 2 those who, who are attentive, those who are listening, those who are um, expecting, willing, open, wanting, asking, are going to receive um, an Acts chapter 2, which if you don't know what that is, that was, the, that was the fulfillment of the promise of the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And I'll just read some quick excerpts from my journal. I was I love taking a book of the Bible and, and like either by sentence or by word even and going line upon line and just, and I hold my pen in my hand and I give in to the Holy Spirit because the, like Pastor Neil was saying, the Holy Spirit always wants to teach, always wants to teach you. Guess who was there when he, when this was written, you know, he was. So he wants to, you know, ask me, I always hear that, ask me. When, I, when I'm really into, you know, some intimate time with God, I always hear, ask me. Why wouldn't I ask you? You know, of course I want to ask you, and so I'll ask. And so when I go through book by book, you know, or, uh, just take a book and line by line. Jude, how many chapters are in the book of Jude? Anybody? Yeah, one. No, well, actually, it's not even listed as one, right? It's just, you know. It took me three to four months to go through that. When I give my pen to the Lord, my journal's open. I'm already saying I'm hungry. I'm asking. And that's where he And I'll read a little, and then I'll feel this, hmm, what does that mean? What were you saying right there? And I'll just let my hand go. Um, nothing different than what he wants to do all the time in everybody. Everybody. But we have to take the time to open up. Okay, sorry. That was creepy. Um, just a couple of the excerpts from my journal when I went through Acts, Acts to the infilling of the Spirit. Um, don't forget that the believers were all together in one place, waiting for the promise to be fulfilled, waiting on the Holy Spirit. When do we all come together in one place? Ah, right here. Here we are. Suddenly they heard and then they saw the Holy Spirit come. Listen, you will not see the fire if you're not waiting to hear. You have to wait to hear and then you'll see. And most of us want to see. God, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. Oh, hurry up. You got five minutes. Then I got to get home. Hurry up, show me. Like, you're not even waiting to hear me. Why do I want to show you anything? I have big things to show you if you're waiting to listen, waiting to hear. Um, all who were together waiting on God heard from heaven. Then they seen the fire of the Holy Spirit, listen, rest on each one of them. That violent wind, that tongues of fire didn't blast them away didn't knock them down he rested on them like the dove on shoulder 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 rest on them. and that word in itself implies um not a sitting upon not a stood with 
um, not even a, I mean, I hate to say it, um, not even a filling of, but a resting on. Means, I mean, you guys have all heard Bill Johnson go through this, like, it, you know, a little handkerchief on your shoulder that at any moment, you know, couldn't disappear, go away, and leave. Why? Because it's just resting. And I always feel like, um, you ever lean up, oh, please don't tip over, you ever just lean up against something? This is resting. I'm not setting on it, not standing on it, I'm resting on it. So any minute that it starts to give way or shake or doesn't feel secure, I'm out. When the Holy Spirit rests upon you, he'll stay as long as the environment is inviting. The minute it starts to tremble, shake, fleshly, whatever, it's out. That violent wind, violent wind, tongues of fire. You think about all the fire, the, the power in those statements. Um, Elijah, remember when Elijah was told, you know, went to the cave and, you know, his last one, and the Holy Spirit was right there, comes in the cave and asks, what are you doing? Right? Of course, Elijah goes through this, blah, 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 blah. Oh, woe is me, you know, stuff. And the spirit said to Elijah, go stand at the mouth of the cave before, show yourself before God, before the Lord, because he's about ready to speak. I like that. He said that to Job, too. Remember in Job where he's going through, like, this whole discourse with these friends, you know, and then Job starts getting into it, you know. Be careful what you're listening to because it will infect what you say. What goes in will come out. It will infect you. So if you're always listening to blah, you'll start blah, okay? Uh, so Job starts this blah, you know, at the end. And I mean, I love it. There was a few times God just pointed, says, stand up and face me like a man. I'm about ready to talk to you. Elijah, hiding in the cave, go stand before God. He's about ready to talk to you. And when he stood out there and waited, what did he first do? He first heard a violent wind. And then it says it shook like an earthquake, breaking apart mountains, right? And then he saw a fire, right? But God was in the void. But he comes. And all of that, you hear that? The violent wind in the upper room, the tongues of fire, and then it, and then the voice speaks. But it rests. Jesus declared that when you are filled, you will have a responsibility, because with great power comes great responsibility. I know that was. That Darth, and it wasn't, was it Yoda that said that? With great power comes great responsibility. Oh, it was. Oh, that's right. Spider Man. Keep forgetting. But I'm 
pretty sure Luke got that same information from somebody too. And now I'll have to look. But it was Spider-Man, that's correct. Jesus was declaring with with this power comes responsibility to be my witnesses. It's not just for you. It's good, you're gonna get it. You need it. That's that life flowing through you, keeping you connected to the vine that's going to produce the fruit that you need. But the fruit, listen to this also. That fruit is not for you to pick off and eat yourself. That fruit is for others. Notice all those things are not for you. All those things are for others, the relationship you have with others. He declared, Jesus declared, you have a responsibility when that power comes to be my witnesses, declaring God's wonder to the world. The Holy Spirit resting on us, fills us, empowers us, authorizes us, equips us to fulfill this responsibility Jesus commanded of us to be his witnesses by declaring the wonders of God each man in his own language. The Holy Spirit is the power in us to take God's kingdom to the corners of the earth, declaring God's kingdom has now come on earth as it is in heaven. You can't do that apart from the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, I wrote down here, the kingdom in us is in the Holy Spirit. You can't have the kingdom without the Holy Spirit. You can't have the Holy Spirit without the power. You can't have the power without being his witness. And you can't be his witness without declaring his wonders to the very ends of the earth. They're all connected. They're all connected. And then, as I promised, so Amy, if you'd come back up. In Luke chapter 11, this is how we're received. This is how we're going to receive. Jesus gave this um, instruction. When one of his disciples came to him and asked, Lord, teach us to pray, right? So he teaches them how to pray. Talk to him about thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? On earth as it is in heaven. Then he goes on and says... All right, I'll give you that example. Oh, you don't need that example. In verse 9, Jesus, still red letter, says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For whoever, for everyone, sorry, for everyone who asks, receive. He who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask, seek, and knock. Is for the Holy Spirit to be given your gift, but it's not automatic. It's an asking of. 
to those who ask. He will give. It says he will give. He will give if you ask. So this waiting and this expecting is what we're going to do right now. Stand. Day. Today. More than even yesterday. is where I went left when he was going right. And it didn't roll me into a little ball and make me start, oh, woe is me, I'm horrible, uh, uh, you know, I'm all done, you know, I don't even know why you can look, don't look at me, I'm hideous, I'm you know, I just don't go into that. Um, I ain't got time for it, to tell you the truth. I don't want to take time for it. Um, when the enemy wants to put you under his foot, I remind him that we are the ones that the word says that we will stomp on his head. And the, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. So the minute he showed me, you know, um, hey, there is this point that um, I was going right and you went left. Um, I, I went into immediate repentance, and it wasn't a long, drawn-out, God, I'm so sorry, and I uh, I openly confessed those things. God, I know exactly you're, you're bringing that back to my mind, my remembrance, that it was at that time where I thought, I, you know, this is what I had to do, and, and yet you were going this way. Thank you for showing me that. And I confess it right now. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please rearrange. And I know you will because you're always working on my behalf. And you're always um, making a way. The way maker. Back to you. But you know my heart is to serve you. You know my heart is to please you. So forgive me for that, God, and keep me attentive. Don't let something like that happen again. You know, grab a hold of my ear, tug at my, you know, shirt collar, whatever it takes, and don't let me stray again. I want to follow hard after you. So I want us to take time right before I call you up to the altar for you to do that yourself. Ask him. Ask him. Open up. God, is there anything in my heart? Maybe it's that you've... Uh, Keep crossing over that bloodline, and, and you keep trying to, have, you know, you know, of the world, and, and yet you want to be a, all of God. You can't live according to the flesh and live according to the spirit. You, you, they contradict each other. You can't do that. And maybe today is your day to say again, God. Right now, I lay everything down. I choose crucify before you this whole life of mine today I declare I am dead to sin because I'm asking you Jesus Christ to come in me more to come in me again to be in me as your word declares that you want to be in me and me in you and therefore my body is now dead to sin because you conquered sin and now by my asking and now receiving 
that when the Holy Spirit fills me, comes into me, and rests upon that I will be alive. I am made new. All things are new. And I will continue to live in your Holy Spirit. Be led by your Holy Spirit. Stay in step with your Holy Spirit. That I would remain in your kingdom and your kingdom would remain in me wherever I go. That I go righteous for you, with you, and as moving your kingdom, expanding your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That you're giving me the power of the Holy Spirit to be your witness, to declare your wonder to the entire world.